It's John Rawls's 100th birthday, or at least it was. It's after midnight now when I'm recording this, and I don't know when you're going to watch this. But I want to acknowledge him on his 100th birthday. He died at the end of 2002. And even though I am very critical of his views and very critical of his methods, I love him. That's an interesting thing to say. And it's something you come across a lot in the way people feel about Rawls, including people like me who never met Rawls and indeed never even shared a physical space with him. So let's um, engage maybe for about 10 minutes in this um, slightly personal account that I hope nevertheless will be more revealing about Rawls himself than any other conversation we could have had. And I'm not going to edit this video, so it'll just come from the heart and go to the heart. John Rawls had values that are admirable values in his profession. Openness, honesty, a reasonableness that went all the way down to the bone. Patience, patience with his critics, patience with his supporters and admirers who often got his work wrong and he needed to be saintly in his attempts to correct them. And on top of that, Rawls avoided a mistake that so many of his colleagues made and so many of his um, contemporary colleagues today make. And that's the mistake of thinking that the kind of work he was doing could solve the world's problems. Rawls never thought that. In other words, there is a, a very naive, childish view that you find sometimes in politics and philosophy departments, which kind of goes like this. If only we could load up a bunch of Hercules planes with moral and political theory and send them to Syria, they could change there the situation on the ground. Now, every adult knows that's silly. Some philosophers nevertheless fall into this trap. What is the trap? What is the kind of mistake that's being made in, in this situation? The mistake that's being made is that one's forgetting that the social power of reason remains the same, whatever one's conception of rationality. In fact, the social power of reason remains the same whenever one thinks about anything in philosophy. If somebody's coming to get you in the middle of the night, if you are a political opponent of a repressive regime, you are not any less likely to be got at in the middle of the night just because the objections to the government you have are right and valid. And Rawls understood that. His theory only applied to a social situation in which there already was enough capacity for cooperation, in which there already were the materials for um, negotiating shared conceptions of fairness. And if these preconditions were absent, that weren't a philosophical problem. It was a political problem that no theory of anything could ever resolve. So what makes Rawls great? In my opinion, if I had to name one thing, what makes him great is that he came up with a complex, architectonically complete, elaborate, very reasonably argued theory, which he wrote quite a bit earlier in large part, but it came out in 1971 as a book called The Theory of Justice. And that book was recognized as being 
an important book and maybe the most important book in the history of analytical political philosophy across half a century. Almost anybody else in Rawls's place would have become a kind of attendant to this structure that he built. The gardener to the garden that he put together. And he would have probably, that person would have probably in Rawls's place just spent their life dealing with objections, making refinements and elaborations. And what's extraordinary about Rawls are two things at this point. Firstly, that he didn't do this, that he built um, a second thing, but actually didn't quite. In other words, he completely changed the fundamentals of this original construction. And that's extraordinary. And that change manifests in 1993 in a book called Political Liberalism. So instead of sitting on this one big thing, um, he moved on from it and transformed it. That's the first thing that's extraordinary. But the second part of this extraordinariness is really important. And that's that while Rawls made very significant changes to the original theory, he didn't dismantle it and replace it with something else. He, to a very large extent, kept it, but then said, it's not at all what I told you it was back then. So he kept the object in many ways intact, but gave it a completely different function. So it's like a man who builds a coffee table, a very remarkable coffee table, but then, without dismantling it, converts it into something else, into a bench and covers it with cushions and it becomes a fantastic bench on which we very happily sit and spend time. And that's an extraordinary move, in my opinion. So Rawls moves from a theory of justice in 1971, where he gave us a moral conception of social and economic justice to giving us in 1993 not a moral but a political account now some people might debate about many ways in which it's still a moral account and this is a conversation for another time but he gave us a a much more political account that was contingently aimed at suiting a particular social formation a particular kind of society in the modern world. And that's an extraordinary achievement, in my opinion, even if we reject the actual arguments and the actual methods. But what I want to say, to end with, is perhaps even more important than everything I've said so far. And that's that, in a certain way, it doesn't matter whether Rawls got it right. Because particularly his later work, in fact, can be seen as him taking certain images we have of our democracy in the West, or at least in the United States, picking them up from the culture, idealizing them, systematizing them, and spitting them back out into the culture. And what I like to say is that the earlier rules gave us Kant 
and the later roles gave us the count that is already inside us. And that count that is already inside us is inside us whatever we do and whatever we think and whatever is right. And whether Kantian theory is right or not, the Kantian stuff is inside us anyway. Or at least the kind of Kantian stuff that the later Rawls was giving us. What I'm saying is that even if Rawls is wrong, the distortions in his work mirror distortions in society, mirror distortions in our pictures of ourselves. Because what he's up to is a kind of idealization and systematization. Um, this is an exaggeration, but it's very true too. Um, intensification and idealization of some of the images we have of our own society. Thank you so much for listening to this short personal conversation about roles. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. That would be really helpful to spread the news and uh, keep safe and see you next time.